This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the Winter is Coming Game of Thrones podcast. I'm your host, Razor, and I'm here with Corey Phone, Corey Smith, and Isis. This is Take the Black, and once again, we're here to talk about Game of Thrones Season 8 filming. Um, we will be getting into a few spoilers. There has been some very interesting um, things happening with the King's Landing set in Belfast. Um, since we last recorded two weeks ago, we have... A very exciting video to talk about from Mahermorn Quarry, um, which was basically they've already done film there, but after we recorded, they uh, this video came out of nowhere in Florida. And then we're going to talk about um, a couple other places that have shown up on filming. So uh, here we go. Let's talk about the Mahermorn Quarry video shoot. Now, last time we talked, I- I'm going to give you guys. One chance to get it out of your system. If you want to say Lord of the Rings and Helm's Deep, you only got one shot, and that's it. But uh, we had a big 55-night-long shoot. It lasted forever. Went from uh, Money Glass, the Winterfell set, all the way to Mahermore Quarry. <clears throat> Huge battle. It's going to be massive. We've already talked about the comparisons to Lord of the Rings. But what happened is... Be- after everything was said and done, uh, this guy had been filming – Davey Orr on Twitter had been filming uh, from a distance a lot of things that had been going on at nighttime during the shoots. And he got this grade-A choice video of – and before I say this, it's your last chance to turn around because this is a major spoiler. He got the video of three mounted actors – on horseback with flaming swords attacking um, what will most likely be a CGI character in the show. I'm positing that, to, that it's a giant. Corey Smith, when you saw this video, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, I'll admit I didn't the, – the giant thing didn't occur to me till later until we – I'd watched the video a few times. But that, that does seem to make quite a bit of sense. Um, you've got the three – Riders, uh, kind of riding down a, a big crowd of extras. Um, I mean, even though this guy that was filming it, Davy Orr, is probably a mile away, they're distinctly using flaming swords. Mm-hmm. The swords are unmistakable. There's nothing else they could be. So, um, and if you think about just the logistics of a battle against the dead, 
flaming swords obviously are a huge advantage. So it seems like they're just riding through a, a sea of extras, which we're assuming are undead. Um, and yeah, and then they, there's a big, huge flare, right? Right. And that's when they kind of, and there's a red laser pointer up on the green screen. Remember that green screen was, we can't tell from a distance, but it's several stories tall. And right. the, the, the red laser pointers up on the green screen, you know, we're guessing is a mark for all the extras to kind of look up. So, yeah, we're we're assuming, you know, what would they be looking up that high for? What's well, either going to be a dragon or, or a giant? And assuming this isn't when they light up undead Viserion, an undead giant like we saw at the end of, of Season 7 coming through the wall, that makes the most sense. They They see a giant, they run it down, all three of them kind of light it on fire. Uh, kind of like how all those writers went in and out of the elephants in Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> nice! Good job! So, uh, yeah, something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, who the three writers are, I mean, obviously Barrick's probably one of them. Um, I'm guessing the Hound would be the, would be a third one, um, and then or a second one. And then the third one, I mean, the third one could be almost anybody. So, I, I mean, I'm not sure on that one. You and I were talking about this uh, the day that that video came out, and I can't remember who I said the third one. I thought it might be. I, I, we, you and I agreed it could be the Hound because what a great turnaround for the Hound. The guy who, as a child, was burned. He's been afraid of fire. In fact, we saw in season three, I believe it was, he fought Barrick, and uh, he got caught on fire, and he was screaming, like, put me out, put me out, like, fire, blah, blah, blah. And we all right. know that the Hound is deathly afraid of fire, but what a great turnaround. Like, he's the one guy... Uh, and Thelen, I think you mentioned this on our last podcast. He's the one guy who looked into the fire. Like, the guy who's afraid of fire was able to look in the fire and see a prophecy where the other, you know, followers of Ralor, the, the red god or whatever, they couldn't see it. So, of course, Thelen, I'm going to go to you with this. If you've got three riders, flaming swords, you've got, obviously, we're assuming one is Beric Dondarrion. Um, would you like to see your boy the Hound do a complete... Uh, you know, turn around and use fire as his weapon instead of being scared of it. And 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 how would you think a fucking massive giant being lit on fire plays across the screen? I mean, we're looking at movie quality type, type shit here almost. Well, I, personally, I don't know if the Hound will be able to handle fire or not. He's still pretty, you know, scared of it with reasons that are obvious. Um uh, I, I do think the Barrack will be one of them. That's pretty obvious. The others, I, I don't know. I think, I mean, there were other people. There were other people who were part of the the Brotherhood, right? So it could just be some of them. I mean, it could be Barrack teaching that. Since I mean, it's kind of a valuable thing to have fire like that. It you're really fighting the is. Walkers. Really so like, is. he could be. I mean, we might get a thing. This might be how they kill him. Honestly, is by like him putting his special spirit fire stuff in like into the uh, this sounds so dumb into the universe or whatever to putting like, his fire to, like, seed let, into the sword yeah to like let the the swords be on fire for other people and when he dies though he's dead that's his life force that that fire that lights his sword so something like that i don't know um but i guess they haven't really I guess he's already going to die because the other, the top knot was the one who would resurrect him. So, see, I'm talking out of my ass. I really don't know. 
who the other ones are. Sorry, everyone who was screaming at their phone on the podcast. No dumbass. It was the dead dude. And yeah, I get it. I remember now. So um, I don't know. I just don't see it being the hound a because it's on horseback. And I don't know if I've even seen the hound like fine on horseback in the show. Has he like was he on horseback? Wasn't in he in the jails in season one, Smith? I think he was just security. Like, he was there next no, to the king, right. and he fought his brother. You're right. And stopped this madness. Ah, you shits. So, yeah. like, it's... Um, <laughs> I don't know who it's going to be. I wouldn't be surprised to to see it be, like, not the Hound. Like, I honestly be more surprised to have it be the Hound, I guess I'd say. Well, if he does die, then, um... Obviously, if he dies in battle with fire, he comes back as Barrack the White, right? And then, that's, that's obvious. <laughs> I mean, technically, he's already dead. I just, I, I feel like people that, that charge are going to be members of the Brotherhood. Because something tells me, like, that's something that they kind of, you have to believe in R'hllor to do the flaming fire sword thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right, right. So, I feel like the Hound would be a candidate because he, he seems to have, you know, despite his cynicism and, and all that, have you know, he saw that in the flames, and then next thing you know, he's seen it north of the wall. So I feel like he could be one. The third guy, just I really don't know who it could be. I, I wouldn't think it would be just, a, you know, some random red shirt, um, you know, that they <laughs> – Nice spent. reference, nice Star Trek reference. You know what I mean? Like that. guys that they took north of the wall with them last season. So um, – but, oh, I think I'm. I think I told you. I thought it might be Jamie Lancer as a redemption arc, his final redemption arc. But he's got a Valyrian steel sword. He doesn't need a flaming sword. sword right. Does he? So I just. I don't know. The third one kind of throws me for a loop. I mean, I'm sure when we see it in the episode, it'll make sense. But you know, because it could just be end up being John, or it could be Jorah, or you know, Jorah. That's the guy. He doesn't have a Valyrian steel sword, and. He, you know, Danny's off knocking boots with Jon Snow, so he kind of doesn't really have a purpose except to stand around and be creepy. So maybe, you know, he he knows Beric now. He knows the Hound now. They went out and bonded beyond the wall. Uh, that's who I was thinking of. That it could be Beric, it could be the Hound, and it could be uh, Jorah because he's obviously going to take place in, in the. He's going to take part in the battle. I don't think you sideline a guy like Jorah and. What a great way for him to fight is to him to light up a sword and charge a giant. I think that would be fucking amazing. But Isis, I want to ask you this question. What if um, this is Melisandre bringing in priests from across the Narrow Sea, and it's like a bunch of fucking red priests, and they're all charging the giant. And they use their flaming swords because, hey, they're all red priests. They believe in R'hllor, so that works. Would you like to see Melisandre leading an army of red-robed priests to attack the undead? Sure, why not? That, I think that would be a great little redemption arc. Not only that, but if, especially if she's uh, um, saving, uh, uh, what's his name's life? Uh, oh my gosh. I the Onion Knight. Um, Davos. Davos. Uh, if it saves Davos' life and, and she ends up dying, I mean, wouldn't that be an amazing, you know, kind of story arc for her uh to where that you know she that's how she gives up you know her life for everyone else and and you know not thinking just about her herself and and how she was right or whatever the case may be um and i think that's something that i mentioned in another podcast that we had done was that i believe that you know everybody's talking about how this is going to be so bittersweet and it's going to be 
you know, sad and blah, blah, blah or whatever. And I think that it, it's going to be bittersweet because people are probably going to die that we absolutely people that we love and we, you know, they're real to me, um, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But I think it's going to be because it's going to be good because it's going to be for a good reason. You know, they're not dying in vain. Like, you know, Davos, uh, Davos, uh, the little girl who, who uh, got torched up. Cyrene, uh, you know, she she died for no real reason at all. Right. And uh, and so I think that's what's going to set it apart is that, you know, she's going to do this finally for, you know, a really good reason. Um, Didn't she say so, yeah. last season that she doesn't she doesn't die? She didn't she didn't she wasn't going to die across an LC that she had to come back and die. She was talking yes, to varies or something about yes, something like that. She was talking to varies, yeah, yeah. That it wasn't her time yet, right? Yeah, no, and that's what I'm saying is that she, that's going to be the end of her is that she's going to go and bring those people over here to go ahead and fight, and um, and she'll die in that fight. But it'll, it like I said, I think her redemption arc is definitely going to be, you know, because Davos has been one of the people who's, I mean, I, the person who hates her the most. So, and, uh, so you're you're saying that she goes across the sea and gets a bunch of like warriors of her faith, mm-hmm. like their version of the faith militant or whatever, basically. to come back and fight with the living. Is that what you're saying? I think she was basically doing that. I mean, it makes sense. Why go over there and not? No, I was gonna say that's that's that's, that's badass. Like, yeah, that's I think so too. Such a cool idea that I had not thought of in the least. So that's. That's awesome. Yeah. And that, it'll that, probably no. bring back that same girl who was talking to uh to uh Danny. Yeah, the throwaway were... red priest. What, what yeah. priestess, what was yeah, her name? Yeah, the throwaway um, one. Rachel yeah. look alike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll bring I bet you they'll pr- probably bring her back too. You know who else it could be the the chick with the uh the wind chimes on her face. Kate. What was her name? Kate, yeah. I think it's Kate. So, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Who, who knows? She was in like two episodes. <laughs> yeah, super weird, totally weird chick. Um, in the book, she's really cool though. She's like an assassin. She appears. That's what I've heard. I've heard that she she has a bigger part in the book. But I I actually really like this idea of because again it brings in like non Westerosi people to fight this battle because it is a bad because like who knows where the Night King will actually stop? You know what I mean? Like right. it's. So I, I I think that's a really it's a really cool idea. I wonder if she goes across the sea and comes back too with someone like uh like Dario Naharis or someone. You know? Oh, oh my man, god, if please. she brought back Dario, oh my god, I'd fucking explode. That that seems less likely than just an army of or not really an army, but a battalion or something of red warriors. But I mean, either way, that's a really cool idea. It gives her a purpose to actually go back across the sea and stuff. And I. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm on board with that in a big way. That's are you a great here? Idea. Are you here for it? Yeah, yeah, I'm so here for that. That's awesome because again, she she needs a redemption because she has been very important. Like, so she burned Shireen, then she saved John. So right now she's, I guess, neutral technically. She's one life, for one. I mean, she, yeah, she's one and one. So she needs Not, to win. I mean, you know, if you want to count all the soldiers from Stannis's army that died, including Stannis, because she was wrong. Okay, whatever. But still, yeah. like, uh, that's it would be it'd be a nice redemptive thing for her. I know that's not technically a word, but that's a great idea. God, I love that. So, um, so in this scenario, Melisandre pulls up to like a dock 
in Westeros, and like all the Night King and all his armies just standing there looking at this empty boat, and all of a sudden she jumps out with like all the, the army of the Red Priest. Oh, <laughs> stop doing Lord of the Rings stuff now. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Listen, so we know that at Maharamorn there were Unsullied and Dothraki. Basically, everybody who's anybody was at this battle. Um, and when, Beric, s- when Beric takes down a giant, does does Tormund look at him and say, it still only counts as one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes. It's, it's never going to stop. You know that. Um, but what I, I think, so let's skip ahead really quick. There's some other filming news that we can talk about, but I'm going to jump ahead to some news that came out yesterday or today. I, I can't remember if it was yesterday morning or this morning, but um, there is new video of some big goings on at the King's Landing set in Belfast at the Titanic Studios. That's where they've built this huge, um, you know, practical set. They're going to leave standing for, for for fans to go tour after the Game of Thrones is over. Um, it's got castles and buildings, and the Red Keep is there. Um, it's just it's just massive. And um, somebody got a video of two armies approaching King's Landing. The Unsullied, well, I guess it's one army, but it's a combined, the Unsullied and the Dothraki approaching King's Landing. Uh, the actors were lining up. You've got a battalion of Unsullied standing in attention, marching towards the city. And then you've got, uh, on the other side of the video, you've got Dothraki on their horses, and they're just kind of waiting to be called into the scene. So we know at some point, and we don't know if, what order this is going to be put into the show. Uh, we're kind of assuming that this happens after the battle at Maharamorn, or whatever the battle we're going to call it for, the battle for the living, whatever, um, at some point, Danny's army is going to King's Landing. And Danny's not just going by herself. Remember last podcast we talked about Danny and her dragons visiting? Because we know that the Dragon Pit, they're filming at the ruins of Italica, and we know that they're... That's where they put the dragon pit from last season. So we know we're going back to the dragon pit in season eight. They're they're already setting up filming there. It's happening as we speak. So we know that Danny's going back with her dragons, but we didn't know that her army was coming with her. So now we've got uh, confirmed uh, Unsullied and Dothraki. We also know we mentioned last podcast that Jon Snow was seen in Dubrovnik uh, at the King's Landing set. So we've got. A bunch of players now converging on the King's La- at King's Landing. So, um, Corey Smith, uh, what do you, what's what are you what do you know about this uh, this whole filming thing at King's Landing? I'll be honest. When I saw the the Dothraki and the and the Unsullied show up, it made me wonder when that battle at Magerhorn Quarry occurs and where. Um, right. I think. I think we've always kind of assumed that it's a it's a big battle in the north. You know, we've kind of assumed there's a big this big battle at Magerhorn Quarry. Then we've got the battle at Winterfell, and then we would have something going on, some sort of battle going on at King's Landing. Because why would they build that gigantic set, right? Right. And so now I'm wondering if if the what's going on at Magerhorn Quarry, because we've seen Unsullied there, we've seen Dothraki there, if that's going on. And we've seen the army of the undead. If that's going on outside of King's Landing, as opposed to somewhere in the north, that, um, that would be very interesting. That would be well, a turn of events. But to kind of play devil's advocate here, 
We, as I mentioned, um, Winterfell is part of that huge battle because well, they, they filmed at Money Glass. Right, they filmed at Money Glass, but that could be a separate battle, I guess. Because I guess my point is, Magerhorn Quarry, where they filmed, it's basically just a field of snow, right? Basically, yeah. So it could be we, we've never known where it was exactly. Um, we assumed it was in the north because, like, Jamie and Brienne are there, but we. I mean, it could just as easily be at King's Landing as far as I'm concerned because you could have the Battle of Winterfell occur, you know, John and Danny and everybody get their asses kicked. They kind of flee south, and then we have this big, gigantic, you know, end-all, be-all battle at, at right outside King's Landing. And it goes real bad, and it, and then it spills over inside the city, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, everybody that kind of makes... going inside the city gates to, like, kind of... Right, and then that kind of makes a little more sense, at least to me, as far as they spent 55 nights, like we've talked about a million times, filming that. Like, why would that be a random battle up north? You know what I mean? Like, it seems to me it would either be part of, like you said, the Battle of Winterfell. It's right, that whole thing takes place right outside Winterfell, or it takes place right outside King's Landing. So I I don't know. I it mean, also the- kind of connects, and and I don't I'm not sure how I feel about this. And, and you might be onto something. You might be 100 percent correct. I'm not sure, but it also might connect the bodies of the Ironborn we saw. Like we we were puzzled. Right. Remember, like why exactly. were the Ironborn all the way inland if they're fighting yeah. close to Winterfell? Why are we seeing them there unless Theon lends support? But or, if they're fighting in front of King's Landing. It then makes a hell of a lot more sense. Euron's men are there, and that makes – yeah, you're right. It makes a whole lot more sense. So I, I don't know. And again, I, like I could be totally off base, and it could just be outside Winterfell. But it makes a little more sense to me. I mean which which would you consider the the bigger battle, a battle at Winterfell or a battle at King's Landing? You know what I mean? Like yeah. where are you going to end the, end the series? Because to me – 55 nights seems like that's going to be the biggest battle of the series, right? It's the most time they spend filming at night. So you're not going to have that. To me, if you're going to pick one or the other, it's going to be at King's Landing. So I don't know. So so the filming that we saw in the new footage with the Dothraki and the the Unsullied in King's Landing, I mean, that kind of, to me, connected it. There was also a picture from the King's Landing set of uh, a light, I guess the the production put out a light dusting of fake snow across the ground, too, so... Right, I mean, see, and that's the thing, the fact that there was snow, I mean, in the past, you could say, you know, like seasons one through six, if we saw snow, we knew it took place in the north, right? Right. But... I, we saw at the end of season seven, it was snowing in King's Landing. Yeah, and I Jamie, think we're Jamie just... looks up and snow's hitting him as he looks up. Yeah, as he's looking. Right. So this, the snow thing doesn't mean anything anymore. It could literally be anywhere. And we did see uh, on the King's Landing a, a bunch of fake snow on the ground. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that was that was my thought. I, I mean, I could, like I said, I could be wrong, but that that was kind of it made a little bit more sense to me if that if we just have the two major hey battles. i dig it man i dig the idea i mean if we don't know how long i mean obviously De- john and danny are heading towards last week saw them they're heading towards winterfell we don't know how long they're going to last there and uh, you're right if they get their asses kicked at winterfell 
you know, we, we've all seen the show Time Warp. Like, everybody's got Littlefinger's warp machine now, and so they can just warp up to King's Landing with all their armies. I mean, the Unsullied have to march everywhere, so <laughs> if they're getting their asses kicked at Winterfell, they've got to, you know, double-time it all the way up the King's Road to King's Landing. Well, I- I think if they lose at Winterfell, they it, it's a it's a it's a fighting retreat. To yeah, they're backed in a corner. Well, I mean, right, like they're, they're not. Up. It's not like they lose at Winterfell and then you know the Night King's like, all right, cool, y'all can just you know take off. He probably is. You know, here's a gigantic them. plot hole for your whole army to go through. Right, he's probably harassing them. But so by the time they get to King's Landing, I doubt they have anywhere near the same size army that they did. But, you know, if you're going to lose at Winterfell, you're going to lose a lot of forces. You're going to need – theoretically, you're going to need You're Cersei's hoping forces. Cersei opens the gates, and I, Isis, I want to bring this to you. And uh, we've always heard, and this has always been recounted by different people in the show, and it's been in the books. Smith knows what I'm talking about. The Mad King Ares, and we, we learned more about it when Bran flashed back as, a, as the Three-Eyed Raven. The Mad King Ares was convinced by Tywin Lannister to open the gates to King's Landing and let the entire Lannister army through. And when Tywin's army got in, he slaughtered the Targaryens, killed the babies, sacked the town, and secured it for Robert Baratheon. Now, does Cersei open the gates to the Unsullied and Danny? And I mean, she doesn't have a choice to da- with Danny. Danny's going to fly in whenever she wants to. But does she open the gates to her armies? I'm sorry, I, I got lost in uh, in Corey's. Uh, Man, you're not voice. joking. You I two, swear. you two, like had the two Shonleys over here. Yeah, just like spinning. and that's why I tried to include you guys. I mean, you like know. I'm serious. Like I have my eyes just kind of rolled in the back of my the, head, and I the was dulcet, like, buttery tones of my voice were just <laughs> lulling you into the monotonous margarine. Yeah, exactly. It was the, the the flaccid tone of your voice. That's flaccid. what it was. <laughs> Oh my god! I was like, I'm I, I'm serious. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail this podcast, but I was just like, Listen, seriously. I was like, it's is anybody black. still? We're, up all, we're from constantly this? derailed. We're constantly. Okay, derailed. I, I just want to make sure. So if you guys checked out during that whole entire time with Corey, uh, Corey Smith, uh, we're we're back now. Uh, just want to let you know. <laughs> So we're talking. We're talking. Dom talked about winning the poo last week. Okay, so just God you know. right. I- so, right. okay. So basically, basically, the, the question, as is from what I could gather as well, because I'm with you, was if, <laughs> if they, lose the it, only they one. lose at Winterfell and they retreat to King's Landing, will Cersei just slaughter them or will she open the gates? What's What do you think would happen? Oh, I think she's going to, like, probably find some more of that, uh, that uh, if, she's, if she has her way, she's ki- killing everybody. She's killing everybody. She didn't let nobody live. She ain't letting nobody through the gates. Hide your kids. Hide your she husband. She's killing everybody up here. She's killing everybody up here. Everybody. She's killing everybody. And, and if she can get some of her hands on some of that, uh, on some of that sweet juice, uh, some of that sweet Targaryen juice. That sweet green juice. <laughs> that sweet Targaryen green juice. She's going to pour that shit all over them and light them on fire. She ain't going to let nobody have that damn castle. She's worked too damn hard. So you're I, saying I that know. wildfire is basically Cersei's purple drink? Yes. Okay, I got you. I, I, it's I'm, her, I follow it's you her now. great drink. It's her purple drink. It's her everything drink. And, uh, you know, I mean, I can totally see her. And if she doesn't have any more of that green drink, 
to go ahead and pour on people and let them on light them on fire. She gonna put on she gonna turn to her wine. Um, but no, I mean I I really don't believe like she's gonna give up that castle. She's she's not gonna give up that castle that easily. I think she would rather kill everybody and everything before she does that. Okay. Phone. I even mean, if Jamie's out there though, phone. Like even if Jamie's out there, like hey sis, let me in. No, I think I think, I think she done she done she's already over that. I agree. I think that it's, yeah, I think that one of them is going to have to kill the other one at some point. So, which fulfills the prophecy of Maggie, the frog. All right. I'm not going to jump into the book stuff. I'll stop. Anyway, you know what? Yeah. Smith, you're right. We did see John, see John and talking to Cersei or they were close together in side King's landing. So, but John could be, that could be a shot of John in there after after the fact, we don't like I said. We you mentioned the fact we don't know where these battles line up. Uh, chronology. Wait a minute. What are you saying about that? We saw John inside King's Landing. We saw John. We seen photos. Yeah, we saw we saw inside photos. King's Landing. Yeah. Okay, so where did you see said photos? Um, Winnerscoming.net. Yeah. <laughs> Winnerscoming.net. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, well, my thing is this. Is that if we're saying that these, I mean, are we, have we really validated that these are new photos? Because there's been times what we have been duped before thinking, oh man, these are some new photos that no one has seen before. And then come to find out, oh no, that was from another season or something else or shots that were not, you know, that were cut out of the video. Oh no, this was absolutely and, new. This was from Dubrovnik, him and uh, John and Cersei, and I believe they saw... Uh, a shadow of of Danny there too. So like, yeah, and they had the they had the mountain too. The um, mountain was there too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure because we've been duped before, where we were like, "Oh yeah, these are new photos," and then come to find out, yeah, they weren't they weren't so new. Uh, well, that we I saw. remember last year there was this thing that happened on Reddit where ever the whole entire season was leaked, and we were like, "Fuck that! There's no way John and Danny are fucking on a boat. That's never gonna happen." And John's all- never John's never gonna go on a white hunt. Beyond the wall, it's never going to happen. This is so stupid. In fact, I think I'm quoting Corey Thone word for word. This is so fucking stupid. It was. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it happened, but it still was fucking stupid. Thank you. Yes, it was very dumb. And I don't... I think like, that's a universally agreed upon point. Yeah, Beyond the Wall was totally stupid. Well, not just Beyond the Wall, man. Like, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, but the big issue that they ran into last season was... Uh, they hit the same wall that I think George R. R. Martin has hit, where he's like, okay, I've done a great job of putting these characters all over this map in super cool scenarios, but I need them all back in Westeros right now. How do I get them there? And the show was like, fucking, we're just going to put them there. And like they just, they just didn't give a shit about the time frame or – how something would work really i mean like the from there were so every character in the last two seasons has had a really stupid fast forward moment where all of a sudden this storyline is over and now i'm going back home and and they're getting they're leaving the current storyline they're in and last season we saw the worst of it in the wrangle a white storyline where we went in two episodes we went from (laughs) I've got to go and get a White Walker to we are in King's Landing with a White Walker and every character you give a shit about is here too already somehow. Everybody. Hey, even Jorah. Jorah, he goes to freaking Citadel because he's got, you know, the Westerosi, you know, eczema. 
And then like, oh, okay, yeah, we're going to cure him, something that was deemed that wasn't curable or whatever the case may be. And, you know, he's off riding back to Danny again. It's like, what the hell? Like, yeah, it all happened really quick. And and those moments in a vacuum worked. Like Sansa and Arya and Littlefinger, that scene, to get to that, we had to pretty much just abandon narrative. That was like, the we just worst had to completely abandon storyline ever. Well, the Terminator chase with Arya was pretty bad. But there's <laughs> we just really had to abandon narrative and all common sense to get to this super dope scene where they kill him. Like it was an awesome scene. And it's the same with all of the kings and queens and whoever in the dragon pit. We had to just forget that they had to go and lasso up a, a White Walker for no for so stupid to get to that Yeehaw! point where we get everybody down there, and because they they actually took the time to, to to make that scene instead of just turning it up, and you had all these great actors in it, the scene works so well because the show can still write really tense, awesome scenes, and you know that this was awesome. It was super cool, but then you just have to forget how you got there, and that's why I am excited about this last season because they – to at least you would think that they have been building up to a point for the last few seasons and they're giving themselves, even though it's only six episodes, you know, more time to tell each episode. So I'm hoping that we're going to get some, ba- some of that narrative back because I mean, if you go back and watch the first few seasons of game of Thrones, I mean, there were some battles here and there, nothing like what we started getting post hard home. That's true. But, but the, it was the narrative. It was the politics. It was all of that. And I know that we're. I know it's here now. It's the battle of you know good and evil or whatever. But people still are gonna talk, and that's what they forgot with Arya and Sansa was like they're they're living in the same house. Like they're gonna. Why are you being a bitch? And then they're gonna talk about it. And <laughs> and they we never got that scene, but then apparently they did do. I don't know. Anyway, I so, mean Arya could have done us all a favor and killed pretty. Sansa, and we'd all been happy. Let's just be honest with each other. Had Arya yes. killed Sansa, we'd have all been clapping and said it was the best lead up. Yeah. And then took her head and then took her face. Oh my god, that would have been the most badass thing ever. We all thought that was gonna happen. I just want Arya to show up next season wearing Littlefinger's face, like just for as a gag. You know, just showing up and be like, Sansa. Chaos is a ladder. And then be like, too soon? Like too soon. I'd buy that. <laughs> that would weird. be weird. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah. too this is weird. He, he was in love with you. Is this weird? Well, I mean, Arya, Arya could have killed Sansa. We'd all been happy. For, it had been better for it. John would have come back to Winterfell. He wouldn't have a deal with a jealous sister who everybody wants him to marry and fuck. So that would have been good. That would have been off the table. Arya would have been, you know, she'd have been happy to see John. She probably would have wore Sansa's face around for a while, and that would have been funny, and that would have been hilarious. But um, moving on to more filming stuff. We've talked about this long enough, but um, we also have – we're returning to a certain castle, um, High Garden. Now, there's really there's not a lot of reasons we would return to High Garden. In season seven, uh, that's where Olena died. You know, she drank the poison and dropped the OG line, "Tell Cersei it was me," and um, drank the poison like a baller. She died, and then we had the fill the fill the fire 2.0 or the loot train attack, whatever you want to call it, and. Um, that was it. That's that's the reach. We didn't see anything else. But there's there's a there's a connective theory here that 
Game of Thrones Season 8 being the final season, that we might be seeing the return of these castles like um, uh, Highgarden, and even uh, today we found out that they're returning to the Iron Islands, Ballantoy Harbor. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm sure Dan will laugh at me and tell me that I pronounced it incorrectly tomorrow, but that's okay. Um, that's where the Iron Islands were filmed, and there's a connective theory that we're going to see setup shots of different parts of Westeros as snow is falling. So basically, the end is nigh. Here's the rest of the world. Snow's everywhere. Um, there was no actors there, right, Smith? There, were, there, there was no... Set, there was no huge sets, there was no actors, no extras, right? Correct, yeah, as far as we know, I mean, they could still be uh, setting up, but as far as we know, no major actors were there. And I mean, there's a lot going on right now at the King's Landing set in Belfast, there's a lot going on at the Dragon Pit, which is part of the King's Landing, but it'll be filmed in different areas of the world. Um, so we've got all this going on, so Coithone... I'm going to take this little bit to you because I can't wait to segue into this. But one of the <laughs> one of the biggest gripes the critics had for the Westworld season two premiere was that there was a lot of exposition going on and going back and telling stories that we already knew from season one. Do you need to see setup shots in season eight of Westeros? Like, oh look, snow's falling here and snow's falling there, and oh look, everybody's dead. Do you really need to see all that, or can you just imagine it already? It's going to have been a – ooh, that's a sentence. Anyway, it's going to have been how long since the uh, season seven finale when uh, the season eight finale is on? You're going to have two years maybe? So almost two years, yeah, we need it. I mean let's be honest. Gotcha. Uh, people, people are going to forget about how important it is to see that snow. It's going to establish everything again. It won't take that long. You know, It's not going to be five minutes of establishing shots, I hope, but – Sometimes you need exterior, you know, snowfalls on a dusty castle. It's high garden. <laughs> like, I mean. Sometimes you need to see need a that. bunch of bodies laid out across a, a western town street. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think. Uh, <laughs> Corey Smith, you've got an idea. What was your idea? Uh, I mean, I like the montage scene. I think if we start off season eight with just kind of all the castles, the major castles, covered in snow that'd be cool but it could also just be something like you know bronzeman promised a castle for like five seasons yes. now yes so you know i could see them at the end of the you know at the end of the season you know Tyrion takes Bronn down to high garden and is like hey here's your castle something like that and that would just require some establishing shots it wouldn't require you know dinklage and and jerome flynn to be there you know they could just film that in a field somewhere and then put high garden in the back. So that was, I mean, that that's the other option, but I think the montage probably ISIS. I have to ask you this. Um, Even Rocky had a montage. Obviously. Montage. ISIS. I have to ask you this question. Um, there was a fake, I don't know if it was deemed fake or if it was proven fake. There was a, 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 a bit of a leak script script for season eight. Um, I think it was fake. It was on the Free Folk subreddit, and it it had, um, I think it was Tyrion Smith that was talking to Bronn, saying, "Here's your castle. You you served my brother well. 
or something yeah, Tyrion, like that. Is, is Tyrion and Bronn, yeah. Would you like to see that ISIS? Bronn gets his just desserts. Or, I mean, does a guy like Bronn really survive? Or is he set up to sur- – is he really the one set up to survive all this? If anybody's going to survive, I think my two top choices are probably going to be Bronn and Tormund. Amen. Uh, I mean, I, I'm just being honest, and I can very well see where Jamie dies and and – you know, see Tyrion give Bronn, you know, that castle that he was promised by him and his brother and say, hey, you know, at the end, yeah, here here you go, man. Have at it. Congratulations. You made it to the end. And he opens the you door and there's Lolly, Lolly Stokeworth, the, the blonde he was walking down the beach with whenever Jamie came to get him in season five. She's just there Absolutely. with like a big smile on her face. Yeah. Or Melisandre. She doesn't have her necklace on. I don't know. Oh! I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter. But no it, one I needs think, that. <laughs> I just said it just so it can, you know, flashbacks. Uh, so, uh, you know, I really do feel if anybody's going to survive, I think Tormund will probably, he's less likely to survive because he doesn't have that survival instinct of like, hey, I'm going to r- save my own ass. Um, he, he just jumps head on. To things like that, whereas we've seen, you know, um, the other guy do the same thing, but I just really feel like he just, he 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 definitely listen, definitely listens to, you know, fight or flight, uh, whereas Tormund not so much. He he's just gonna fight. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like that, and that would, and you know what? And I would be okay with it. Hell, I would be okay if he's the last one standing and he ends up on the freaking throne. Braun on the Iron Throne would be an amazing shot. Like, wouldn't that would that not be the? He got his fucking castle. I would. It just love so it. happens to be the castle. They kept promising him a bigger and better castle. So, yeah. I mean, if he keeps I trading up, be, I think that would be absolutely amazing, and it would be something that nobody would think about. That Braun would be the one to be the one that is you know leading the Iron Throne. Whoa. Wow, somebody took a header. No, sorry, my headset. I stood <laughs> up and freaking... All right. Uh, anyway, so to my point, yeah, I think that would be amazing uh, storyline. It, it would be only second to um, to the, the uh, you know, the taking the... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I got you. Um, yeah. So we've talked about all the filming news that's basically happened from the last time we recorded till now. Um, there's not a lot... I mean, we're kind of concentrated in one basic area, the King's Landing set, and then, of course, they're filming another King's Landing shot in Spain. Um, you know, and so we're kind of kind of waiting to see if there's more video that pops up, more more photos. So we can – but yeah, we, we've talked about the Dragon Pit. That's happened already. Um, but we're, 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 we're rounding out. We're getting close to the end of the podcast. And before I end this, I know a lot of – like I know Smith and Isis, you guys don't really watch Westworld, and that's fine. I, I'm not here to – I watched it. Oh, you did watch it. I didn't know you actually watched it. No, Isis, you haven't watched it, right? No, I don't watch it. And that's I, fine. I, we're not going to talk about it a I lot. I can't get over the fly, like, touching the eye. Like, that was, like, in the first episode, and I was like, mm, nope, I'm out. That was pretty – that was pretty cringeworthy. But – um. If you didn't like the fly, you would really not like the season two premiere where uh, they crack open a guy's skull and take his uh, computer brain out. It was pretty grody. But um, Corey Thone, I want to talk really quick. We're not going to get into big time because this is a Game of Thrones podcast. But winter is coming is 
is covering things like uh, the Terror on AMC, which is a phenomenal show, and then obviously we're talking about Westworld, which I I really love Westworld. I mean, there's a we're we're gonna be covering Lord of the Rings as Amazon starts filming it. That's why we drop all those Lord of the Rings jokes. Corey Phone, really quick, what was your thoughts on the season two premiere of Westworld? Eh, meh. It was okay. It was meh. all right. Yeah, man, it was uh, I was kind of let down overall. Uh, especially with the first half, and by that I mean especially everything Dolores said was so hackneyed and over the top. I don't understand who was like, hey, what if we made her talk like that French guy from the Matrix and, and <laughs> like in the second Matrix? Like if we, everything was just – The Merovingian. Yeah, that shit. Like, what if we just did that with God damn shit, I'm impressed that you knew that. I really am impressed. Yeah, honestly, I'm not impressed. I'm sad for you that you know that. But either way, it's <laughs> I, the scene where she's hanging the people and and giving this monologue was just so over the top. And then I can't figure out why nobody in that universe seems to, like, recognize there are dead bodies everywhere. Like, they're all just running around. Like, Tessa Thompson's character is just like, yeah, it's dead people. Come on, Bernard. Hack this computer brain. Come on, Bernard. And, I'm taking you down to the secret lair, but I'm not writing you in. Yeah. And Lee and Lee is like, yeah, you know, uh, help me out, Maeve. You can you can save me. You're a robot. Save me. And it's like, what the, what the fuck is going on? Like, why does <laughs> everyone just... Functions? functions? Yeah, it's just ridiculous, like, how I, it was over the top, and it's not in a good way, because that show is kind of over the top, I guess, in general. But Ed Harris was awesome. Um, his storyline I'm I'm excited about, except I guess we're pretending he didn't get shot in one arm and have his other arm broken or whatever it was. <laughs> whatever. I, the it's not it wasn't that bad. I'm shitting on it excessively, I guess, because I still enjoyed it. I finished it, but I was checking the time for the first thirty minutes. I thought it was really slow. And it was a um, seventy minute episode, and a lot of people complained about Dolores' over the top monologue. Like they thought it was a little bit, you know, like too much. Like, but. You know, and I can see where people are coming from. I guess kind of where I came from was I thought it was the next step in her progression is Wyatt, the Wyatt narrative. Like she's the psycho, she's the she's killing but all. But she's humans. not. She's not doing the Wyatt narrative. She is doing her own. She's supposed to be doing her own thing. She's supposed to have consciousness. So right. Like that. Well, she said. She even said, "I'm I'm Dolores. I'm I'm of multiple minds on this. I'm Dolores and I'm Wyatt." Yeah, so, but then she said – no, she said she had three minds about it. That's she said, right. That's right. Yeah, Dolores, the farmer – the rancher's daughter feels bad for you. Wyatt sees that you're evil. I don't know what I think or what I believe, but I'm going to leave you to die, so whatever. So you didn't and, like the whole doesn't look like anything to me. You thought you, – you rolled your eyes at that then, huh? Yeah, I did. I rolled my eyes hard at that because – I loved are, are it, you man. Telling, are you telling me – it's so stupid. Are you telling me that she – now understands the the things that other hosts say when they see something they're not supposed to see. Like she has that level. Like she still doesn't know her her own personality, but she, she that's like that's what they see She's when they. That's what they're saying. It's that meme that where they start off with a light bulb in the brain, and by the time it gets to the very end of the meme, it's like all lit up and like her, her brain is on fire. Yeah, that's what they say when they see something they're not supposed to see or recognize. Right. Like when right. they go, yeah. Yeah, and so like she, she knows that now. She knows that that's what she's been. That's, uh, no, As she that would mean that she knows her code and can see her scripts and shit. And I don't think she can. I thought that was just. That's again, it's just over. Maeve the top. can. Maeve knows what she's doing. 
Maeve, I'm still not convinced that any of them aren't doing the things they were programmed to do. So I, you know, that could be the big that could be the big reveals that Ford is still operating this from the from beyond the grave. Like he wrote in all the code. Well, I don't know what did someone just hear a dying giraffe. Is that- <laughs> Smith, is, Smith is dying over there. Okay, I have t- I have two major problems with the show. First, uh, uh, it's a beautifully shot show, and the actors are acting the shit out of what they're they're being given. Um, but there's two major problems with the show that I see. First of all, there's nobody to root for on the fucking show. Agree. Like, they're all a bunch of fucking assholes. Like even well, no, the robots. You could root for Dolores last in season. In season one, you, you could definitely yes, root for Dolores. You could. And now she turned into a murdering psychopath who's just like hanging random like CEOs. But wives they're not random. From- they're Dalos board members who came and raped her and killed okay, her and all of her friends. Okay, but some of those people were just like they didn't all work. There was couples there. There was husbands and wives. So some There's of them, fa- like as we learned in this episode, there is a legitimate like family element to Westworld as well. Right. So like, there's some. There, there was. There's a Farmville. There's a Farmville in Westworld. And they're just like getting hanged because their husband is on the board of some company that he probably makes a board vote like once every twelve months when they're talking about like raising, you know the park price or something like and that guy deserved to die so but that's just, what you're not getting about westworld is it that's what they're trying to say is if you're if they're in the park watching this whole they were they were there to watch ford's last narrative in season one finale and so you're saying okay. they're you're saying they're complicit in, they're complicit yes okay, okay but, but they're also, also fucking robots so okay. like i <laughs> <laughs> and also Okay, so if you set aside the Dell's board members, the dudes like okay, the techs that were working on the robots, and then you start running into the the Star Wars argument. Like the one guy that's like a tech who's like putting the buffalo together, did he deserve to get shot like five thousand times? Like he wasn't writing the narratives and letting rich people come in and kill the robots and fuck the robots and it's, do all that. It's just he wish just fulfillment. They even showed a tech fucking fucking robot. Like the 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 techs, there was some tech. One tech, one tech. But they, they said that he was running a he that uh, is it um the, the one of the one of the guys one of the two the two idiots. He was like charging other techs to come in and have sex with, with the robots, and they only caught right. one guy doing it. Okay, and I'm not saying that they're all a bunch of saints. I'm just saying some of the guys are there just doing a job. Like some of them are writing programs. No, I agree, writing, and we could talk in circles about this. And they all got massacred, and then we're supposed to cheer for those robots. I and did. It's just like, I don't. I don't get it. I did. I, I'm, I'm with Smith. I don't. But you got to take your place I'd... out of the. You got to take your. You got to take. Okay, listen. This is not a real. It's 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 science fiction. It's fun. Like this is the ultimate revenge. Like okay, so these these robots were, they're robots. They don't they don't they don't feel. They're not real. They're not human. But the show made us feel for a lot of the robots in the season in season one. Okay. No, the show makes the case that the robots do feel and that they're more human is like Ford and Bernard's thing. And I and I and I get that part. Like I'm on board for that part. Like if Me this too. was, but here's the here's the problem with that is that you make it so. It's so convoluted. What the hell are you guys doing? Why am I the only one with a mic that sits still? <laughs> Jesus Christ. This whole podcast is full of just Mickey Mousery. Put your mic, mic on, a on a stand and plug, and plug your, headphones your headphones in so there's no echo. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck off. So listen. <laughs> Isis is just sitting back laughing. Isis is drinking okay. her wine laughing right now. 
I'm eating my Christini and my fancy cheese and drinking my wine. This is hilarious. Okay, but they make it. Oh unnecess- God! <laughs> oh God! Fucking this bullshit! Fucking fucking technology! Why do they gotta make it so bullshit? I can't root for the robots is because okay, they- but they they make it unnecessarily complicated. Like if this was just a the robots are finally getting consciousness. Uh, they're trying to take revenge on their creators. They're trying to figure out if they actually have human emotions. Like I would be on board for that, but they make it unnecessarily complicated. Okay. I here's the thing: is that me and you, Corey, we or I guess other Corey, whatever, we arrive at the same opinion that uh, there's no one to root for right now because everybody is acting like a jackass. Uh, right. But but I take a different path to get there because like. The whole point of like the the maze is that the path to consciousness is through experience and and feeling right. and like it's a it's not just a, a layer that's and sometimes the the consciousness path gets you take the wrong turn and you end up you know back at the beginning and it takes things like pain and suffering and memory and then dreams and blah blah blah, blah. and it takes all these things to stack up on each other and. I get why it took a full season to get us to see how Dolores became conscious. What I don't get and why I can't connect with Dolores right now is is that none of the people in the park think that they can that the robots are conscious. Like they were specifically Still. built to be like either to to be used. Like it's it's no different to them than an iPhone or a punching bag or a toothpick. They are <laughs> tools. And they they are very sophisticated and complicated tools, but they're still just robots. And so all these people they're killing, if they knew and I guess that's the also point is that like people like Ed Harris's character and you know they they figured out that, that these robots are more than meets the eye. Huh? <laughs> but <laughs> But most people there don't <laughs> don't look at it that deep, and getting slaughtered isn't gonna. It, to me, it just it it didn't work. I guess for me. And then okay, and fair enough. And okay, so answer me this: Do they not have an off switch or something? I don't understand. They used to. Here's a, here's, um, here's here's where you, here's where you okay. Yeah, through. explain that to me. I assume they covered that, but okay, like I just they assumed did. if you they glossed all it over because you didn't people. like season one. I get it. Let me let me tell you how the drag the <laughs> I'm looking at dragon put on the screen. Here's how the off switch works. Um, used to be cease all mo- motor functions or right. uh, enjoy your or uh, fall into a deep and dreamless enjoy, sleep. Enjoy your burrito. Yeah, enjoy your burrito. But when a when a host reaches um. The maze goes through the maze successfully and reaches uh, self-aware and they're conscious and everything. They can't be controlled by voice commands, and all the hosts are built to c- respond to voice commands. You have to understand this is a a world in the future. We're not. We're not. They're not. There's no toggle switch. There's no. In fact, they even they even t- they even go out of their way in season one to show Ford's original robots. Have a button on their face you could punch, and like the kid, the little kid opens his face up. They don't. Yeah. The, the new hosts don't have that. They're all voice commands. They're built to to resemble living tissue. Uh, they have they have this. That, you know, you saw in the season two premiere, they had that clear liquid coming out of Bernard. That's like his brain stem and all the fluid around his brain yeah, and but stuff. Didn't, they, didn't he talk about how, like, when he was down in that soup? Secret Lair or whatever, he was talking about how they could, 
they all the hosts were connected, like they they pinged off each other or something like that. Yeah, so he's talking about like a neural network. Yeah, so like there's that, something you're that, they that from Bernard's point of view. I just I don't know. It just seemed like there'd be some sort of like, hey, we could just sit, you know, pause. No, I I think it is a I think it's something that they've they've addressed partly, but there is no answer as to why they can't just electromagnetic pulse the whole part. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. Why do you have to hunt them down with like all this like security forces and stuff? It just seems like if they're all controlled by a computer somewhere and they all have a program, you couldn't just like send a. But again, you're 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 asking the same. They doesn't that doesn't work on on the self aware robots. They cannot be stopped with voice. How many of them are self aware though? Not not as many. Not as many as. Not as many as like. Not as many as some people think. I think Dolores and Maeve are the only two right now that I've seen that are truly self-aware. But and even they're, they're not like... Them. But there's like a ton of them that were killing the humans. So yes, they're being, they're being controlled. So like it's in Teddy's programming, for example, to follow Dolores. Like unless he's taken on a separate adventure by a guest, he ends up following Dolores. It's in his programming right. to love Dolores. So like okay. he is having... His consciousness is going to be stopping Dolores. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. Yeah. yeah like... But- Dead and that's why we saw Teddy floating in the water at the end. Yeah, of the but that's that's two weeks out, and and we don't know how we're gonna get there. Yeah, and that's, exactly. That's another complaint that I kind of have is that like I I feel like they're they're using the the timeline thing a little too much because there were three timelines again in this that's episode. That's what I'm saying. Like it's unnecessarily convoluted. Like the first season, I get it. You were trying to like keep your secrets and all that. I understand. Like well, that's fine. But like this season. Why doesn't it turn into, you know, just something a little more, you know, leaner and a little more clean? I've seen the argument made like the first season. I loved the first season, but also it could have been two episodes. Right. (laughs) We could have ended up at the same spot in two episodes. Like we didn't need all of this shit in there, but like it just it sets the tone. And that's that's the thing is that season one was very tone setting. And now season two out the gate, I feel like they stumbled a little the tone of Dolores and everything didn't work. Now the last 30 minutes I thought was way better. Uh, and, and Bernard possibly having killed all the hosts also. And I, I think we need to cut it off here. Cause we do. we're, we're running in circles, but yeah, you're right. But I, I think that the, that I don't know if Bernard either meant to kill them or even if they are dead because hosts don't breathe. Was right. that a trap? And then secondly, there was a really interesting theory that I saw that said, uh, that Ford was a host but didn't know it, just like Bernard was a host and didn't know it. And then, like, the cycle of Westworld is that everything in there is a host because, and they don't know it except for, like, at the time, there's one. It's like a wheel from Game of Thrones. There's, like, one person on the top and, like, oh, that's the person in charge. But then they get killed and everything refreshes and they make a host out of that person. But then they program – and it's like – so Bernard at one point made host Arnold – but that Bernard was a host already, and right. not host Arnold, host Ford, and et cetera. Oh, for fuck's sake! Like and just... everyone, but that's that's funny. But the other fun theory that I think is half confirmed at this point is that you know you see on the website there is like a some legal lease on there where like anything you deposit in Westworld is property of Westworld. That includes mm-hmm. like bodily fluids and shit. DNA. So like every every hooker host in there that gets you know the residue left in that's the property of westworld and delos and so they could be making like host of real people 
post, you know, congressman or whatever, which there's a huge hole in that theory that, you know, they're not going to have the same personality. Like you can't create a person's entire life experience with like some nut, but still like it's, <laughs> it, it's interesting to think that like there, there could be hosts out in the world right now doing things, pretending to be someone else. And like, that's, that's the big end goal Smith for getting someone to root for is that the hosts have to stop themselves from taking over like that Ford's that Ford's there because you remember Maeve's thing was mainland infiltration Mm -hmm. and she chose to get off the train on her own accord and find her daughter um allegedly well allegedly sure but on the iPad or whatever it said mainland infiltration so like Mm -hmm. her her story might have been to continue the takeover of in the world or whatever like world leaders and shit like that that delos is using hosts to you know mimic or whatever right so that like these dolores and whoever else they're gonna have to stop delos so that maybe is where we'll get to but like i agree with you this first episode the tone of it was off and there's no heroes right now everyone's a black hat and that's boring in wrestling if you only have you know heels you need a face and, and a good face is hard to find um, right, because so. they're killing bad guys. Like if you if you buy into the fact that all the Delos people are a bunch of fucking deviants or whatever, which I don't, I'm with you. I don't guy. buy into that. Yeah, exactly I don't buy like into it either. Theory. Yeah, but that it's seems like, like where they're trying to sell us, and so it's just bad guys <laughs> killing bad guys. And who gives a shit? You just don't have any patience, man. You didn't. You didn't have any patience no, look, in season one. You got. You just got to enjoy the ride. But I'm saying this too, and I did give season one. But every you also chance, said that I you enjoyed, enjoyed the back half of the episode, and you got to remember yeah. HBO has already planned out and plotted five seasons of the show, so they and know I'll the stick, story. I'll stick through season two, but if it doesn't, if it doesn't, you know, turn around and at least. You know, if, if all this season is just a bunch of bad characters killing other bad characters and Dolores spouting off about taking over the world like she's pinky and or the brain, whatever, um, then I just I'm not going to care anymore. And well, if it's just like mystery on mystery on mystery and we're just using mystery as a plot device. Don't lost yourself is what the show needs to reel it in and realize right. that there is a limit to the amount of bullshit you can throw out. That's there true. But also also it. and I will end with this. Corey Smith, the maze is not for you. All right, so uh, that that's our time for tonight. Uh, Isis has already departed the podcast, and I don't blame her. Um, I don't blame her either. Uh, for myself, for Corey Smith, for Corey Phone, uh, this has been Take the Black. We will be back in two weeks to talk uh, more things. If you got some topics you want to talk about on the next podcast, we don't always have to talk filming spoilers or filming news. We can talk. We can dissect episodes. We can go back and watch random episodes. You can tell us which ones to watch. We'll watch it and talk about it on the next podcast, but you need to tell us. Let us know, and we'll do that for you. So, um, again, uh, we will be covering other things that winter's coming, like Westworld and other shows, uh, but we won't be doing it heavy on the podcast. This, this back half was just for the season two premiere, and I wanted to get people's thoughts on it. So, thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. Volar Mogulis. Highland. We're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. 
Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.